my name is Vicky. I'm the creator and founder of the Groove Project Australia, helping you find your groove, create your groove and live an amazing, delicious life. Hi, welcome to episode four. This one's called Staying Alive. And I've been really lucky over the last couple of days. I got to go to a conference for work and it wasn't just about leadership and education, but it was also about self-care and um, neuroscience as well. There are some keynote speakers that spoke a, spoke a fair bit about that. And it was really good timing for me actually because I've just come off two weeks of holidays and I was very relaxed and I was very fortunate that uh, the low level stress or the even higher level stress that I was experiencing at the end of last term uh, didn't carry into as much into these holidays and I didn't get that sick because um, normally what happens in most teachers or you know other people who work in environments where you where you have a consistent level of stress that you know you might not even be aware of the minute you kind of stop um, you know all of a sudden on your holiday you are the sickest you've ever been and it is really annoying and a lot of that has to do with um, you know, as I said, stress and how our, our body responds to stress. So what uh, one of the keynote speakers was talking about yesterday was really interesting and it was such a, as I said, such a great reminder. And she was talking about how the brain works. And uh, basically, you know, on a really simplistic sort of uh, way of explaining it, um, you know, and again, I, this is not my area of expertise or specialty, specialty, so forgive me if I get some things wrong, but the way I understand it is that our brain has two distinct parts to it. So on one level, uh, sort of the lower level, I guess, it's, you know, and again, this is a simplified way of looking at it, it's our survival, survival brain. And that brain helps keep us alive. You know, not only does it, you know, um, communicate with our, you know, our body so that we don't have to think, okay, now breathe in, now breathe out, you know, heart pumping around, you know, like, you know, pumping that blood around. Our, that part of our brain just does it all for us. But the thing is that when uh, we have uh, either perceived or real threats, um, and those threats can just be called stresses. So whether that's something as, you know, small, I guess, as a mozzie landing on us, and we know that, you know, we're going to get bit by a mozzie, or something as big as you know, flying in a plane and um, engine failure and, and down we go. Our brain can't make the distinction between the two and well that part of our brain can't anyway. And so it just goes into survival mode and that's what's called the, the sympathetic nervous system. And you know we all, we've all heard about this before, the flight or fight or flight mode, uh, that adrenaline kicks in. But the thing is, what we I think we don't think about very hard is that, as I said, it, it our brain can't make the distinction between a perceived threat um, or a stressor and a real one, and it doesn't determine what level. So, as I said, something very small and something big, your body's going to respond in a very similar way. Now, it all depends on how you know the other part of your brain works, the logical, rational, higher order thinking um, part of your brain, where um, you can you know, sort of take a breath and think, no, it's just a mozzie, I'm not going to die. But your brain does think, like absolutely does think that, that these stresses are going to, what's the worst case scenario? 
I'm going to die. So I have to do whatever I can to keep myself alive, you know, keep us alive. And so it kicks in that sympathetic nervous system. It kicks in whenever we we've got that real or perceived threat. Um, and if fear is or, or stress is a constant in our life, then our brain is always in part, always on survival mode. And whether we, you know, engage the other part of our brain, out that logical, rational part of our brain, and that higher order thinking, it it matters in the fact that we do that. But sometimes we we, as I said, we're not even aware that we're stressed out, and so therefore we're not sort of kicking in that part of the brain. So our brain's honestly feeling like there is something that is really, really terrible is going to go wrong and it has to protect us if any, at any cost. Now, what the brain does in this, this response, and we, we know about this already, we know that it um, starts to pump blood um, to our extremities, so our arms and our legs, so that we could fight or we could you know, run, escape the situation or even shut down and freeze. And one of the things that, that Catherine mentioned was that for some people... Um, their, they, their, their natural instinct is to kind of slow down and shut down and to disasso- disassociate and freeze. And others like, you know, others, uh, they're, they're, that natural instinct is to get up and fight and run. Um, so when our body shuttles our energy or moves our energy and blood into our arms and legs, it also moves it away from in our internal organs and that also includes our digestive tract, okay? I know when I'm stressed out, I feel it in my stomach and I have been in this habit and I've created a habit over you know decades that when I'm feeling that feeling in my body and that a lot of the time I didn't realize it was just stress and it was a perceived stress in, in my body, whatever I would do, I wanted to smoosh that feeling down and stop it. So my my way of doing that was to eat. And, you know, there'd be times where I'd be stressed and I'd know I was stressed and I know that I was eating and I was eating and eating and eating until I could find that one thing that would sort of stop that feeling. Um, but I know other people who, um, you know, that I used to be envious of, but now I know better, who when they're stressed, when their body has that that feeling of a stressor that their digestive system kind of shuts down on them and they can't eat and it's like they freeze up and so you know we're not all we're not absolutes we're not one or the other you know we could be shades of both but you're generally going to um you know identify with you know either the you get you can really feel it in your digestive tract into your stomach um, and those butterfly feelings and all of that or you know it's the opposite that you just tense up and you're tight and you just can't can't eat or drink anything at all. But regardless of which way you go, it impacts your digestion in a negative way anyway. And, you know, if we were fighting for your life against this killer mozzie, then, you know, we're going to find ourselves in that, you know, stress response. And our digestion actually shuts down. Um now, how quick and how fast that happens is, you know, varies, but it does actually start to shut down because it's keeping, you know, our brain's keeping us surviving. So when we're living in a constant state of stress or worry or what ifs or a bit of anxiety or anxious feelings, 
then it's really hard for our body to digest and you know uh, metabolize our food effectively it still will but it's it's harder for it to for us to do you know and this is why uh, you might have heard of people call, saying that our you know our gut is is the other brain in our body there's like a brain in our belly um, and the thing is like the reality is that this stress response that is a huge it has a, such a huge impact on our digestion and our metabolism and you know we could have the best food you know the best food and nutrient dense and we could be choosing the best things but if we are in this stress response and this constant stress response then our body is going to find it really hard to digest and metabolize that efficiently and I know for me that you know I as I said I work in education I work in a setting where every 60 minutes there is a bell that rings and there is a stop start to your day and you're, you know, you either have to try and ignore it because you can keep on going with whatever you're doing or you're up and you're off and you're doing the next thing. And I don't realize and I, I forget every time um, during the term that how much having, you know, this bell ringing actually impacts me on my body as well. It's only when that I I'm able to remove myself from that environment. So whether it's, you know, holidays or even the weekend as well, um, you know, I really do find it different to, um, you know, that my, I'm a lot less stressed and my body feels different come Sunday and come, you know, the second or third day of the holidays. But the thing, a couple of things that I learned um, how to do uh, and not just, I know I'm starting to do this just before the bell rings as well. And I got out of the habit of doing this um, probably a few months into my surgery. So, but when I was in hospital and I just had my surgery and I was on liquids, I set a timer for eating and, well, not eating because I wasn't eating then, I was just on fluids, but for drinking. And what I would do is I would take three deep, really big belly breaths in before I started eating. And so what that does is it actually uh, tells our, our brain that we're going into a relaxed state and that's bringing us into and, and activating our parasympathetic nervous system, okay? And, and sometimes that's known as like you relax and, and digest response as opposed to the fight or flight response that the sympathetic nervous system has. So just that act of just taking a few deep breaths in before I tried to drink some fluids in a very tiny, very sore, very newly formed sleeve, it made all the world a difference to me. And so I'm trying to get back into that habit of just taking some deep breaths before I eat and also taking a couple of deep breaths just before that bell rings. Now that's actually really tricky to work out. Um, I have to sort of look at the time and work it out. And I tried it. I tried it. Tried to do it consistently today, but um, you know I only got it done a couple of times. But I'll get better at it again. Like I said in in the last podcast and probably the podcast before, 
what you really need to do whenever you're implementing a new habit or a new thing is give yourself time and more time than you ever would imagine that you would need to make it a habit and consistent as well. And yeah, and being being gentle and kind with yourself as well. So, you know, as I said, today I, I really aim to take some deep breaths in before I started eating and also just before that bell went. And that helped me then to sort of slow down the pace of the next part of what I was doing. So that whether that was eating my lunch or whether that was going to my next class or shifting to the next task or whatever it was, it helped my body to relax and it helped my body to be able to take that perceived stressor and bring it up from that lower level of my brain, the, you know, I guess the reptile brain, up to that logical part of my brain that says, you know what, you're not going to die. Yes, it is a stressor, but it's just the bell and you, you've got, you know, you're fine. You know what to do next. Um, or you're, you know, you're going to eat. <laughs> um, I don't think that's ever a stressor for me, but, you know, trying to eat during lunchtime when there are people's, people knocking on the door for me, um, you know, phone ringing, that can actually be a stressor in itself as well. So taking those breaths really makes a difference. Um, the second thing that I really try and do is just to slow down. And for a while there, I, uh, before I had the surgery and after I had the surgery, I was setting a timer uh, for 30 seconds and I would eat and then I would put my timer on and then I'd wait for 30 seconds and then I would eat again. And because I eat the majority of my meals alone, um, it's quite easy now, uh, almost 11 months um, out of, of having the surgery to eat a whole meal, which, you know, again, isn't particularly a lot of food. It's probably maybe a cup of food at a time now. Um, I could eat that in less than five minutes if I didn't take those breaths and if I didn't deliberately slow down um, the act of eating because, you know, there's no enjoyment in that anyway. Like if you're just scoffing down your food, your brain's not even registering the pleasure. And I, you know, I love to talk in a, in a future episode about um, how important pleasure is and, in, you know, in what, particularly when we're making changes in our life, but just to live like a beautiful, amazing life. So, you know, as I said, breathing, slowing down and deliberately slowing down. I find though that when I'm eating with other people, I think because I'm so busy talking, um, and trying to enjoy the experience that I naturally eat a lot slower. So I'm probably usually the last person to finish my food, um, even post-sleeve as well. Um, so I think that actually really helps. So if there was a way of being able to sit and eat with people while, you know, living, living or eating alone, um, I think that'd really be really amazing. And so, you know, as I said, the last couple of days for me has just been just that really good reminder that even low level stress, stress that we just shrug our shoulders and just go, you know what, that's just part of the job. That's just part of being a wife or a mum or a dad or a you know, co-worker or whatever it is. That's just the way it is. And there's nothing I can do about it. Well, you can do stuff about it. And it could honestly be as simple as breathing. And the really good thing is there's so many really great apps out there now um, that, that, real, that just concentrate on breathing. I know there's one in an app called Calm and um, I used to use that a lot and I actually did use that when, um, 
That's right. So when I was doing the fluid stage of VSG, I would use that app because it had like a breathe in time, like it was breathe in, hold it, breathe out. And so for me to take those breaths beforehand, it really helped to sort of use that app to sort of get my timing right and to, you know, really make sure that I was doing it well and and helping my body heal as much as possible. So, you know, that's sort of it for today. It's just a very quick reminder of how stress can affect us and affect our bodies, but particularly how stress affects our digestion. So I hope you got something out of that today. I hope, uh, you know, if there was something new for you, um, excellent. If it was a good reminder, excellent. If you've listened all the way through today, thank you very much. If you've got any feedback or, you know, whatever or thoughts, send me an email. It's thegrooveprojectaustralia at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook, The Groove Project Australia. I'd love to hear from you. I know that there's a few people listening. Really exciting. Don't know who you are, um, but it's great to know that um, some of what I'm saying is hopefully resonating with some people. And if that just one little idea sparks an idea in your head and then you're able to put that into practice and it makes a difference to your life, then sitting here for 20 minutes and just chatting into, you know, my phone um, is really absolutely worth it. So have a great day, have a great evening, whatever it is you are doing today. I hope it is wonderful. Again, thank you for listening and I will catch you in the next episode.